0: Okay, well, what's been happening? How are you? Uh,
1: suddenly I'm ripping out my old kitchen and putting in a new one. Great. That's well, Turns out that takes a lot of time and energy. Not great. But, you know, if I get it done, it will be done. And then it will be great after it's done.
0: Okay. Well, what is it that actually is needing done? Because I'm pretty sure last episode you got a new fridge. So is this just like continuation? That was supposed to be as
1: far as it went. And then <laughs> okay. suddenly I'm the owner of like an entirely new kitchen. Wow when one of your parents works in the house building industry I, I suppose mm-hmm. sometimes when you say hey I'm going to maybe replace my whole kitchen early next year they they don't hear the last part <laughs> and it just happens now no you want to know i think that's well, what's happening we're going to do you it know? now so it happens now <laughs> um But, you know, the good side is that it happens now. It means I won't have to do it in the new year. You know, I'm not going to
0: do it again in the new year. Biggest question, can you claim it on your expenses? No, it's a kitchen. Ah. Come on. (laughs) Just say you work in kitchen supplies or kitchen editing. I got to say I do my editing in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. That's therefore it counts. The
1: only things I use the kitchen for is popping food in the microwave and editing. And everybody knows microwave takes like two minutes no matter what you put in there.
0: Even broccoli, which I learned recently. Yeah,
1: broccoli. Microwave two minutes. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna get some toast. Microwave two minutes. <laughs>
0: that's it. Boiled egg. Microwave two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> Wait, don't, <laughs> don't do that one. Don't, no, don't do that one. <laughs> that's a bad idea. I, I feel like we need to start doing the disclaimer that I always see on these. Like, hey, how to save sixty grand in a year is just before they get into. Oh yeah, you need to invest all of your oh, money. Yeah. They say. Just before we go any further, guys, this is not financial advice. I am not a financial advisor. Invest at your own risk. Okay, let's get into the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I'm not an egg boil advisor. Yeah,
0: <laughs> We are not egg experts.
1: Generally on the podcast, I feel like people, I, I, I believe people are aware that we're both just not smart and this is mostly entertainment. Right. Uh, opinionated entertainment. True. Um, and I hope the tone of voice for most things carries that. But I I also people are also as equally stupid as we are. And therefore, some people there might be so equally stupid to me that they actually think is real. So yeah, you maybe should disclaim everything. But if we had a disc- disclaimer everything that we do that is kind of a lie <laughs> or deceitful, it would be a half the show.
0: There are definitely people out there I know because they've expressed opinions have been have been essentially saying is this is this are you for real? Did James mean that? I'll be honest, it is usually you. Did James mean that? And have to be like, well, no, he's he's just painting with a very broad brush. But my my position generally, and this is. Genuinely, how I feel about most subjects is that I'll have an opinion, but I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy for someone to be like, okay, this is my opinion. I'll be like, all right, fair enough. Whereas some people, I'll have this debate and and it's just a case of, no, you are wrong. This is why you are wrong. Right? And that's just no fun.
1: (laughs) I don't like that. It depends how right you are though, right? It does depend how right you are. Because as an example, let's do it. Let's do what I do best. As an example, Somebody couldn't come up to you and be like, in my opinion, you, Colin, are not a gay man.
0: Well, that's why I said on right? some... That's an that's unfair That's why I said opinion. on some things. Exactly. Not on everything.
1: So, yeah. So that little, like, some things area is wider and narrower for different
0: people. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Although you're right in terms of disclaimers. There was uh, another disclaimer I'm going to have to put up now is that my um, age bracket has, has gone up another notch as off... <laughs> Last Sunday. <laughs> ah.
1: What's the disclaimer for that one?
0: Disclaimers that I can no longer like pretend to be a young person because now it's not just a zero at the end of my number; it's a one. True, true. A lot of the brackets do end at the at the zero. They do, they yeah. Say something to the zero. It's usually like sixteen thirty, thirty one to forty five, and then forty six plus, right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, a age brackets.
0: I tell you that that scrawly year bar is getting further and further away every time I have to put in my date. Of I birth. do think that. I do think that every time I scroll yeah.
1: nowadays, I do think, whoa, wow, I'm actually noticing that I'm scrolling. Because there was a time there where you had to scroll, but it was just like one scroll. And that didn't feel like a lot. Yeah. That was just like a single scroll, easy peasy. doesn't matter. But now it's like two or three sometimes. And I'm like, whoa, hang
0: on a second. Mm. There were times where I'm measuring my life and scrolling. That's really weird. <laughs> because of uh, my work, we do a lot of work with whiskey companies. And every single time I go on a whiskey site, they, they ask you for your age. Which, of course, if even if you were like a thirteen-year-old kid wanting to find out about our bag, just put in a fake age. I don't know why they do it. But anyway, there was a time where I'm sure I had to put in my age, and it would have been just like a few years back. Whereas now, oh man, I just have to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and there it is. Right, you know the ones. Ninety-one. The ones I hate are the ones that, for some reason, make you pick
1: your age. Uh, and they only give you months to scroll. So not only do you have to scroll, you have to scroll for ages because <laughs> you're scrolling through the months of the year.
0: Ah, oh, what a hassle. I could.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is a proper old person complaint, but everybody's going to be there one day. Yeah, they Just, are. they're going to be scrolling virtually with their augmented reality goggles. We got to... Uh, <laughs> Imagine how
0: much more tired they're going to be. <laughs> Very true. We got to my birthday on... Uh, it was Sunday. Was it Sunday? Was it Monday? I can't remember. Uh, Monday. M- Monday. Uh, you're right. It was Monday and I got birthday messages from everybody I expected which is great I didn't forget you remembered which is excellent yeah. I feel I hope I wasn't on the expected list I hope it was a pleasant surprise oh, it was no I was I did expect to get something you know so that's that's fine and mainly because in on the show if you are a long time listener both of us have forgotten each other's birthdays in years past and I believe that that has just haunted our subconscious to the to the extent that it's almost like, a, what do they call it, a circadian rhythm? Suddenly, it hits a minute past midnight on the thirty first of October or the first of June, and both of us are like, "Shh, no! it's the birthday! Quick, send the message, do the thing." Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll forget. Don't worry. I'll put the
1: gift. I'll forget. I'll 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 step up and I'll forget again.
0: The the one easy, thing easy. though, and this is where I my my sensitive side comes out. There were two people right who I wanted or I was waiting to get a birthday message from, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like expect that I didn't expect them to send one because it's one of those relationships where I am way more invested in, in the friendship than they are, and <laughs> it just I mean it just makes me a bit sad. I'm like I'm putting all his work, uh-huh. you know, you just don't care. You clearly don't care. I'm always the one who's like, hey, want to go for a coffee? Stop hey, want to catch up? Stop feeding the work in why? You
1: just you gotta you gotta stop
0: calling. Just stop. No, but, th- but we enjoy it. Like when we catch up, it's good
1: fun. Yeah, but well, I I mean, maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, it, maybe it's mutually fun in the moment. But is it is it worth? It is carrying it because if if you think, if you if you really think it is worth carrying all the effort to arrange things, it's not. And like bearing the disappointment of having birthday forgotten and stuff, then sure, valid friendship continue on. But if it is like a bit sad and a bit tiring and a bit exhausting, drop it. Get them out. It's fine. Yeah. And and if they actually realize, hang on, I've been messing up. I should I should make an arrangement. Maybe they'll learn a lesson. But you don't have to like send a message saying like, hello, hello dear ex friend, <laughs> we are now ex friends because you have not just been gonna communicative ghost them. enough, and it's only me who cares about the relationship. You just got to reply when they send a message. But they will you know, Blah blah blah. But don't carry
0: anymore. Mine. There was there's one person, one of them who is uh, getting married, or rather got married this year. And uh, just a, like a very intimate ceremony. There was only like 12 we're, we're people there. And the potential list of people, Colin. Okay. Somebody out there. Somebody out there.
1: Colin fan is going to figure out who this is and they're going to send hate there mail. There will be
0: people who, absolutely, people will know who this is. But a, a very, <laughs> very limited pool. Don't so send this, this hate mail. This person. Send
1: distest mail. This, this person. detest mail.
0: Stop. This person even follows me. In fact, I don't even know if they do follow me on Instagram. So <laughs> when I post this episode, they may even see it. And if only they clicked, Title they will
1: know disappointing friends. the libel
0: that uh, is about to happen. So got married about 10 days ago and uh, intimate ceremony. <laughs> really narrowed it down. <laughs> I could figure
1: this person out if I tried hard enough.
0: <laughs> okay, so they got married in the west of Scotland <laughs> well, yeah. the, towards the end of October and uh, I knew it was going to be an this intimate the ceremony
1: began at 2.30pm <laughs> as it said on the invitation that was posted on the internet
0: matching kilts okay I'm, this is getting too close to the point. <laughs> So they got married and it was an intimate ceremony and I knew it was going to be. And then next year, the plan was, because the last time we, we caught up, we chatted about it. The plan is that next year they'll have like a big old party with a big gazebo and like 100 plus people and that will be the big party wedding thing because they didn't yeah, want to do yeah, it yeah. they yeah, like yeah. combined the two. So they did the wee intimate meal out and they'll do the big bash next year. And if right. I'm just waiting to see, do I make the cut? Do I get the invite? Because this person, we have a lot long history, and this is the kind of thing where I'm like, look, surely, surely I make the cut. You were a part of the discussion about the plans for the big party, right? Well, we talked about it. Or have you heard about that through the grapevine? We were just dis- no, we were discussing together about said plans. Surely you make the cut if you are discussing the plans, unless like you're so
1: not friends that they're like, ah, oh. <laughs> Colin, Colin knows they're not going to get invited. I can openly talk about future plans with them, and they know that they're just not a part of those plans. It's obvious.
0: Well, <laughs> it's going to be one of the two. That's it. It's like either this person clearly, yeah just is so cutthroat by their own admittance, very like black hearted, doesn't really make an effort with anyone that he's just like, well, you know, if you don't get an invite too bad, life moves on. Or, just is is so brazen that he's uh, wanted to discuss it with with me, knowing knowing full well I wouldn't get an invite.
1: Maybe yeah, maybe knowing that you're a person who has feelings and stuff, they enjoy making you have those feelings, and they're like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss the party, and Colin's gonna mm. be really upset
0: in a year. This is a year long
1: investment
0: for some feels. <laughs> for, yeah, just to make me sad for like a day. And the other, I mean, the other person just doesn't reply to any of my messages. God, why do you try so hard? Because I enjoy hanging out with them. Find other people. <laughs> who have, have shared interests. And then we hang out and it's find great. Find other people. Just
1: find other people. Got okay, lots of people. Get other people who actually reply to you or actually send
0: a message <laughs> without being prompted. You know, It's always me. Like, it's literally always me who sends that message. Be like, hey, how's it going? Did you see them? XYZ just, just last stop. week?
1: Just move on. It's fine. But what if
0: I really want the friendship to work? Oh, it's, not, it's not. gonna work. It's
1: it's toxic. Uh, it's not toxic. It is a bit toxic. But no, like if if any of your friendships feel like you, they drain you more than you get back out of them. It's just, right. No, unless there's like completely valid mental health reasons, and you've been asked to be the supportive friend, and you understand <laughs> your role in that friendship. Yeah. No, if it's just somebody who's just like you're carrying them and giving them all of the free good energy and they're just yeah. taking it all whenever they feel like they want it? Okay. Nah.
0: I feel like I, I've described my birthday in the totally wrong uh, tone because my birthday was great I had such a good time
1: <laughs> I know and it clearly was affected you so much that the first thing you wanted to tell us all was about this disappointment cut the out, Colin okay
0: fine I will not message either of them again and I'll wait to see if they do and they won't wow. and we'll come back next year having not had another birthday message from either of them and I'll say and you'll say James you know what you were right
1: schedule the tweet right now somebody who's listening schedule a okay. tweet for one year's time saying Colin did those That's friends a good idea. reach out to you do it.
0: somebody even if I have to do it <laughs> later on. Colin will
1: schedule the tweet because... <laughs> Colin is going to carry all of your listenerships as well because you're all going to let us down and not schedule that.
0: Absolutely. Guarantee nobody does it. Okay. Anyway, to go on the positive note, Graham was just, as always, with like birthdays and stuff, just on point in every single way. So got me the new, and I know this sounds incredibly hetero and straight, right? New away Werder Bremen shirt, which is absolutely beautiful. It's like a. Soft kind of salmon. You made it sound not so hedgerow, don't worry. You really did make it sound not very hedgerow, (laughs) congrats. (laughs) Well, it's a beautiful color, and it's very expensive for a football shirt. So, yeah, did that. Got some matching like tracksuit bottoms. Got me some Varials merch, which is like a hardcore band I matching like. Matching is
1: in like matching the shirt, or matching is in like he got
0: a pair no, as, well. as in like it goes with the shirt. So, uh, yeah. Crap, that's the less that's the less fun version. Not quite like couples pajamas levels yet. That's maybe Christmas time. <laughs> couples trackies. But you gotta do on, it. On top of all that, including a dressing gown slash house coat, which I've never owned before, and it's so warm. And cozy. I don't know why I never had one before. Uh, nice coat. Yeah. Yeah. The other one he was like, oh, by the way, we are staying tonight at the Doghouse Hotel in Edinburgh. Now, this is Ooh. a new Brew Dog Hotel. I tell you, and this was, this was a shocker to me, it was without doubt the nicest hotel room I have ever stayed in in my life. My goodness. If wow. you ever get the chance to stay at the Doghouse Hotel in Edinburgh, it's brand new. No. Wow. Well, well, now, whether hold on, no. hold on. Regardless of what you think about BrewDog, no. I enjoy their beers. No. Ethically, morally, their management management doesn't sound great. I wouldn't accept them as a sponsor. Right. However, yeah. in terms of do I like the things they make? Yes. Yeah, was the okay, hotel amazing? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't reject their gift.
0: Yeah. It was like a two. It was a two-story hotel room where the bed was on like a mezzanine Ooh. deck. It was incredible. And Ooh. Graham bought... So you could,
1: like, jump off in the morning straight <laughs> down to grab your eggs. I'll be
0: honest, I was very tempted to jump, but then I thought, well, no, I'm going to seriously injure myself.
1: <laughs> Through the floor. You'll find out what they saved money on.
0: <laughs> Indeed. So then Graham also bought five litres worth of a brew dog keg for the room, because you've got your own, like, okay. pool a pint yeah. uh-huh. thing. And right. a whole rack of shower beer. So in the shower, there's a fridge Ooh. and you can yeah. have shower beer. It's... It was unbelievable, and I had such That's pretty cool. a horrendous hangover on the Tuesday morning because <laughs> oh, I started drinking at half past three, but I did manage to uh, pretend to be sober when mum and dad called me at half past seven as I was hanging, waiting for food to arrive because I hadn't eaten since the morning. Right, And uh, yeah, it was oh, splendid. I had a really lovely time, and Graham was... Just wonderful in all the things he did, and right. all the plans and activities and this, that, and the next thing, and uh, yeah, fantastic. Okay. Now I feel old. No, that sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Only one
1: follow up question to the Brew Dog hotel room: Was there anywhere in the room just like pamphlets of Brew Dog propaganda talking about how great their business was? Uh, yeah,
0: for oh, for sure. Yeah, there was also an acoustic guitar was- on the wall. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, okay, I'm just... kind of, like, a vinyl player. I always judge their propaganda. They've still had, like, a little magazine of, like, hey, do you like this hotel? We've got another one in Columbus, Ohio. And we've got another one in Aberdeen. And we've got another one in in Purehead.
1: They are all out-competing all their other local
0: hotel competitors. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, for the price we paid, I don't think they are stealing much of the market. They're stealing, like, probably quite the high-end market. But, look, if you wanted to stay in a Premier Inn, you're still going to stay in a Premier Inn. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 upgrade the you know, premiere in it. Yeah, let's yeah, not yeah, yeah. degrade them. They're they're good. I'm staying in a travel lodge in a few weeks' time. I've, I've stayed so. in cheap hotels. They're fine. They
1: know what they're yeah, doing.
0: Yeah, they're they're fine. They're fine.
1: I like them more now that everything has to like be quarantined for a day and like <laughs> all the service doesn't happen when you're still staying there. It's all still got a wee nice. bit COVID protocol. It feels a whole lot better than always feeling that like
0: somebody's just gonna walk in and start cleaning your face. Do you know the worst? What was the worst place you ever stayed? I'll let you think about that, because I know mine. Aside from my flat? Beside your flat, yeah. So for me, it was... Like a hotel, like a holiday stay, not just your own home. Because, yeah, I'd have some that rival that. <laughs> anyway, mine was, went to California by myself in 2018. Right. And because I had listened extensively to our cousin Ruth Marne about how much she'd enjoyed hostels and uh, meeting new yeah. people uh. for a dollar a night, I was like, all right, I'm going to go out to L.A. <laughs> Why is she American? <laughs> I don't know. She's That's her multicultural experience coming through in her accent. So uh, she has just come back from Honduras as well. So... I always went out to LA It was like, yo, I'm going to do the hostel thing. And I went to the first one and uh, it was a room with six bunks. So there were 12 people in this tiny little room and uh, two people were already passed out. The three toilets that were in the apartment were already fully blocked Hmm. and the smell was... Absolutely horrific Yeah And as I'm like Chatting to this guy He's like Yo dude Where you from You've got a funny accent man." <laughs> yeah, and do. then I was He was also multicultural And experienced And whilst cousin he, of hers, He's actually. doing that Yeah probably And whilst he's doing that I'm frantically checking my phone <laughs> To be like Alright I need to stay Somewhere Anywhere That's really But because f- it's LA And it's the middle of Like May time as well I ended up Staying in a motel Uh huh somewhere like 15 miles outside of LA because everywhere was so expensive and off the beaten track. I rocked up to this motel like a quarter to midnight yeah, and it genuinely felt like I was in a Coen Brothers movie Yeah, 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 that suddenly the the door was just going to get shot down any second and And some cartel members would come in and do bad things to me. Yeah. So that was genuinely the worst night's sleep I've ever had. Horrendous experience and it's why I will only from now on stay in... Two story hotel rooms. I refuse anything else.
1: <laughs> Is there a mezzanine? I'm
0: on the mezzanine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mez or we riot?
1: I don't think have had any bad experiences. I think I've. Under my own travel, I haven't gone to enough places to have to book something trash. the The biggest complaints I would have is just like places that were maybe a bit too small, even for me. But that's nothing. Like I got, I got, I haven't done any. I I know I wouldn't enjoy a hostel kind of environment where you have to just
0: yeah no. sleep
1: in a room with a bunch of strangers. It would, I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't enjoy. It. So I've not done anything like that.
0: Risk okay free. So just just to to recap, because I realize this is one of our uh, extended intros. Other than kitchen renovations, things genuinely o- generally okay. No, it's
1: uh, ge- I have not stopped. It's it's it, it's not easy because I still have to do my actual work. I didn't have enough prep time uh. to kind of free up a week to do just house stuff. So I've got to do a mix of kitcheny stuff. Plus, I have been relaxing enough as well, but I can never just come up and do the work. I have to, I just got twenty minutes I read a book for twenty minutes and do something else. Uh, work at night time, and then still doing my streams whenever I've got free time for a few hours, and then bed, and then wake up and start kitchen stuff, and mm-hmm. so so I've got a week, another week or so, I would say, of just flat out tired because I've got a whole bunch of kitchen to 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 help make. Oh, joys! But it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm doing well. I'll tell you what, though, it's reminded me how much I, I do not like breathing dusty air. It's horrible. My soul oh, I just, just don't like f- breathing that. <laughs> Cancel the sentence <sound laughs> out of breathing, we're done. It. It, it. reminds me how much I hate it.
0: <laughs> mm, it's the worst. Okay, well, talking of the worst, welcome to Seesaw Parade, episode 298. We are still here, still breathing, and only two episodes off the big three hundo, where Gerard Butler is going to host. I've,
1: yeah, I've seen that
0: film. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're going to recreate it uh, in a musical format. <laughs> Sign me up for that. My name's Colin, and he is James. Yep. And we are here. Just whenever really we want to, we make a, we make a home in your earphones. Yeah, there's also a cat
1: here, Zelda is here, but it pre-fed her, hey. it fed her early, so she won't actually probably join
0: the podcast today. Nice. And we are still less popular that, than uh, Matt Hancock, which this week is remarkable, considering what A huge has achievement. I forgot about that already. Mr. Uh, Hat which we'll get into later on. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can. cool. CISOparade at gmail.com or Seesoparade on Twitter. Thank you to everybody who got in touch. We do actually have a listener review this week. What? Which is excellent. Thank you very much. As well as Wonderful. two big old TV shows to review because they're now finished. That's uh, House of the Dragon and Dude, uh, Rings of Power. Can we even power. do
1: them both in one week? We can. can we, we
0: definitely can. And, because it was my birthday, I went to see not one, but two movies. Wow. All the reviews today, but we've got all the news. So much to look forward to, and we're already halfway through our run order times. It's <laughs> Okay, some serious editing to do. Let's start yes, enjoy. with the fact that, James, we've got a new Prime... No, I'm sorry, a new, new Prime we Minister. Do. and they
1: probably are going to outlive a lettuce. Probably. <laughs>
0: You say outlive. Yes, you're going to outlive the lettuce.
1: Yeah, probably not going to get assassinated in the
0: next Uh, (laughs) month. Well, let's just... Maybe bleep that in case the censors are listening. I mean,
1: seeing some of the the comments from like right wing news stories, what comes all the comments below them questioning how how it's possible for this man uh, to represent Britain? I wouldn't be surprised if there was an assassination attempt from very racist people.
0: There, there was, in fact, a Daily Mail story today, or maybe it was yesterday, with the headline "One in Six One in Six of Us from Overseas." <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought, and... wow. <laughs> Well, there we go. That's one way to to get all the UK united. Anyway, this is the story that Rishi Sunak is the new UK Prime Minister. He won the game show. And uh, this was after... He has
1: democratically been voted in by nobody. Uh, Everybody else just stopped wanting to be the Prime Minister. And he
0: was the last person there. And he got the job.
2: Well Well done. The
0: funny thing to me was that it was the three candidates we talked about. So it was Penny Mordaunt, Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak. And it became very clear yeah. that Penny Mordaunt was only on something like twenty-five votes, and they needed a hundred to progress to the to the the vote off, yeah, uh, the dance off. And Boris Johnson, Her, yeah. who in his hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to compete, letter, basically saying, well... Which is definitely true. Just to be clear, guys, I definitely have enough votes to go through to this leadership contest, but I've decided against had exactly it. exactly <laughs> 102. Which was like, hey, hey, I know that everyone doesn't think I've got the votes, but I totally do. I'm just not going to tell you who and it when, was, how.
1: It was so funny just how obvious it was a lie. I don't know how. It's just it's 102. 102 is a
0: very innocent number, but it was just clearly a lie. Yes, it was. Okay. Well, Mr. Sunak, who is 42, is the UK's first British Asian prime minister and the youngest for more than two centuries. And of course, he replaces Liz Truss. Hindu. Yeah, first Hindu as well. He replaces Liz Truss. After her 45 days in charge, he is also richer than the king. So there's that. Wow. Uh, Did you see... He should should be king as well then, right? That's how royals work. It's whoever's got the most money. Did you see President Biden attempting to congratulate uh, Rashi Sunuk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if we blame our uh, complete lack of relevance on that or if we blame Biden being too old to learn things, but that was not a good look. (laughs) It was, I imagine, a combination of the two. And also his eyesight is likely gone. So... Rishi, in charge, running things. Yes. And so far, has <laughs> has given a speech or two. Yeah. And has U-turned on going to COP27, the big climate change party they have every year. And that's been yeah, about it. so climate change party. He
1: said, I am not going. And then Sturgeon said, I'm going. And then Boris was like, hey, I'm maybe going. I'll go. And then Sudak was like, oh, I'm like, I guess i have got to go then. Yeah. So making... So we got our... In, in honour of conservative tradition, we have our first U-turn. <laughs> Little baby's first, first U-turn. It's so cute.
0: It's <laughs> adorable. So he announced it on Twitter and made zero reference to his previous reluctance to go. Yeah. And uh, said that actually... This is why I'm attending. It's because we, we need to invest in our renewables mm, for our mm-hmm. energy security. So that, who knows, maybe it will open the door for uh, King Charles to come along because one of the only things Liz trusted Charles has been banned, yes. ...was yes, uh, yeah. was banning King from, from coming. <laughs> this
1: is so funny. They are so awful. Uh, but it's no surprise there's a little U-turn there. It's a very important thing. Like, I don't know how he thought he could not go and it'd be a decent look, How he could? how he could... Opt out, and then people think like, "Oh, yeah, that's normal." Sure,
0: don't go. Okay, what's your, what have you made so far? I know we've only we've only seen uh, power for about a week. Well, any any initial takes thoughts?
1: Very, I think it's very similar to what I said about him and Truss when they were having their race to be the conservatives. It's like Trust was a hundred percent wrong about everything she was doing. Yeah, um, and pretty much doing things in an evil way whereas Sunak is like 95% wrong and 95% evil and he just knew that Truss's stuff was so bad and actually proven wrong that it couldn't it couldn't be done and and it wouldn't sink the country so he just knew that there was a bit too much evil for the population to vote for and he tried to take a step back from that however I don't like him a bit more now because he isn't even pretending that he's going to uphold his campaign promises from the entire summer of debating uh-huh. for the uh, prime ministership the first time. And there haven't been any promises the second time because that was just all in-house voting, as far as I could tell. They didn't have to promise the public anything. So Sunak right now is a, is a prime minister with no mandate from the party because we've gone, we've cycled through too many prime ministers, we have and no mandate himself because he said he's not even going to do what he said he was. He's already said he's not. He's just, all the stuff in the summer. Forget about it.
0: So okay. he just, he just, he's terrible. We're, we're going to go into the the cabinet and in particular Suela Braverman later in the show because or Braverman because she's just being a duffus, uh, but. He also kept Jeremy Hunt as chancellor. Mm-hmm. James Cleverley as foreign secretary. Ben Wallace is back in his defense sec. And uh, defense sec. Sorry, I'm trying to be all trendy here. And uh, Suella Braverman back as home secretary. Now, the only other two things that a quick Google search... Will show me that Rishi has done is on day one he phoned Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland and Mark Drakeford actually
1: contacted Scotland. Yes, that was a big change from the previous administration.
0: And this was yeah just off the back of the fact that uh, Sturgeon had said that she, despite mistrust being in the job for forty-five days, had not had a single phone call. Yeah, from the prime minister. Just mad. (laughs)
1: Like, what, what were you doing? So, like, again, Sunak, kind of like doing better than trust, but purely because trust set the bar in the core of the earth. It couldn't have been
0: deeper. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's mad. Okay. And the other only other thing I'm seeing here is that uh, he backtracked on the £10 fine oh, yeah. that would be given to people who missed. GP or hospital appointments in England. Yeah, because
1: that was a stupid idea, yeah. Right,
0: so, so he made that pledge during, as you said, the summer leadership contest and has now said that actually it wouldn't be right to find patients be. who are failing to turn
1: up. Some of the pledges that he made that he's dropping are stupid. Most of the things he was saying are stupid. And so, like, you know, in one way, great. I'm glad he's not doing the things that he said because they were really not smart things that he knew would just get Conservatives to vote for him. And obviously that's bad. But what is he going to do instead? Nobody knows. And apparently it's not much of anything so far. He hasn't actually no not yet done too much. Oh. So we're still kind of just waiting to see what he'll do.
0: Okay, well, one of the main issues he's going to have to deal with is the news this week that the Bank of England has predicted that the the UK is facing its longest recession since records began Wow! as it raised interest rates in the country by the highest amount in over three decades. So the bank warned that the UK is going to face a very challenging two-year slump with unemployment uh, close to doubling. By 2025, this was uh, Andrew Bailey, who's the boss of the bank, warned it was a tough road ahead, but they had to act now or things would get worse later. So interest rates are now at 3%, up from 2.25%. This is, again, in an attempt to bring down soaring prices so that people are having to spend more, for example, on their mortgages and less on fun (laughs) stuff. But for some people, it's going to be less on things like food. And yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah,
1: raising the prices for the consumer only really solves the part of the equation that is a demand. Uh, the demand side of the equation, whereas inflation right now is is high and everything's going bad because of more than just consumer demand. Right. There's supply issues. Yep. There's a war that has caused... I saw I saw uh, the statistics for the, the state of American inflation. The biggest contributor was the war. The second biggest was COVID. Those aren't going to be solved by making everybody pay more than they actually can afford. And that was even if people can afford to pay more for things, which we were already stretched. So people will just not be buying things and probably dying a wee bit.
0: So this is why I reckon in my very, let's see, base level understanding of of how this all works, is that with interest rates now at 3%, for example, my mortgage, because my solicitors are still being absolutely useless, is going to go up to over £200 more than what I was paying two months ago, which is... Absolutely horrendous. However, I can I can cope with that. I can absorb that. You can, yeah. Most people, can't. most people can. Most people can, and that's that's the problem. Yeah. But for the likes of me, it means that yeah, I'm less able to spend money on, let's say, takeaway food or going out for a, a night every so often, spending money on drinks, going to nice hotels. Going, yeah, going to nice mezzanine hotels, and that in theory <laughs> oh, no. means that these places have to then drop their prices in order for me to be enticed back out again. In theory, yeah. So I appreciate it's a delicate balance, but this is what they believe is the right thing to do. It's, it's, it's going it's to affect the, basically everybody, though.
1: Yeah, it's one of the only things they can do, um, especially because for the last... 12 years of government, we have squandered the good years. There haven't really been very good years for the UK recently, but yeah. when we're not in a crisis, we're supposed to be investing as a country, investing in infrastructure, investing in things that will make bad years a bit easier. But we haven't done that. We did austerity basically the whole time, didn't actually improve anything, stretched public resources, um I guess for the benefit of mostly rich people. And now we're entering the bad years again. So most of the tools of uh, that would that would maybe be available to us if we had done a better job over the last decade are not so we've got things like inflation <laughs> and we've got things like just try and make people be smarter with how they spend uh, and make people some of them might starve but other ones will stop spending frivolously and that's the that's the best balance and that's it that's all they can do and and we're just we're we're screwed as usual is it's it's the it's the normal people that will be suffering the most yeah but but you can afford the increase in your mortgage i can afford the increased mortgage that i'm being offered uh, i did see statistics that uh, very measurable percentage of people will not be able to afford their mortgages when the, when we see the increases, and that will be a crisis. It's it, I don't see how we dodge that well, without major intervention.
0: Most of the commentary I've been seeing is that the the, the let's say the metaphorical uh, poop is going to hit the fan at about April time, because that is when the energy supports scheme ends. Yep. And uh, there's going to be another set of price rises, interest rates, all sorts of culminating factors coming together, and people are going to be in real trouble. So that's yeah. where I'm seeing, that essentially it's been postponed. That being said, I do appreciate the banker attempting to do what they believe is the right thing to do, rather than just let inflation continue to go up and up and up, because that means, as they've said themselves, it's, it's If they act now, it's going to avoid potentially even worse pain than if they did nothing. Yeah, they have to do something. They have to. Um,
1: and it's up to the government to do a bunch of extras, but we've got the Conservatives who aren't interested in helping us survive as a nation, it seems, because they haven't been for a decade and they keep just doing worse every subsequent leader. So. I would be surprised if Rishi manages to be worse than Truss was because she was so bad that even the Conservatives got rid of her very quickly. However, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just as bad at things as he was when he was Chancellor because he was Chancellor
0: and he did a really bad job. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's remembered for the Eat Out to help out, and that's largely why he was so popular. But
1: yeah, because he got plastered as a superhero by the, by the media. The big propaganda machine really built Rishi up as a hero, but he, he messed up so many things. We saw, we saw huge amounts of uh, corruption and, okay. and basically theft from the public under his eye, under his schemes, and nothing was done about it.
0: Let's, let's talk about Hat Mancock, shall we, before we move on? This is the news that oh, the yo, there's one other former. There's one other thing I want to say about the cabinet. I wanted to go to the fun stuff. Over the last few
1: years, because we've seen so many cabinet reshuffles, I have learned that the conservatives are just all equally incompetent, that, and they can all just be bounced around each other's jobs and act like things are different now. Some of the people in the current cabinet have held different cabinet positions for years now they just they get changed and swapped in and swapped out and nothing happens differently but we're all supposed to believe that right. things are gonna be different it's the same group of people i mean i guess jacob rees mogg uh, quit the, the new cabinet is a bunch of people who have completely failed us in a previous position and now just have a new one or sometimes the same
0: one with massive amounts of yeah sometimes the same uh, risk involved yeah okay let's talk about one of those former cabinet members hat Bangkok, who was the former health secretary <laughs> who got the boots after yeah cctv footage emerged of him smitching someone who wasn't his wife <laughs> And also because he was incompetent and very poor his job. Mostly breaking COVID rules as well. COVID rules uh, was an embarrassment on national television. He is now continuing that (laughs) latter role by deciding to appear on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which is the... Yeah, while we're paying him to be a politician. Correct. This is the ITV show, very popular. It's been going on for about 20 odd years in this country. And uh, he's defended his decision to go on the show by saying that the programme is a powerful tool... To reach young people. A powerful tool. There we go. Do young people watch it? Apparently. I thought it was like... No uh, grain's a fan.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, well, one, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> people just like to laugh at celebrities not doing good at things. Uh, and two, he's
0: he is getting paid currently right
1: now to be doing a job. Every minute.
0: Yeah. So he gets an £84,000 a year salary, and he will continue to get that whilst he's in the jungle, and various Tory MPs have come out to describe him as everything from an absolute prat to uh, someone who's made a serious error of judgment, which is very diplomatic. It's, it's,
1: yeah, it's somewhat painful when you have to agree with them, just Tories in general, but they are right. You can't be wrong about this. It is such... A stupid move, both for him as as a politician, career-wise, just trying not to look like an idiot-wise, but just expecting no repercussions i guess like surely he loses his gig i think they've suspended him or
0: removed the whip or something well, he's been suspended yeah
1: i don't see that's not big enough he should be booed and we should have an election right now to replace him Well
0: i, I suspect <laughs> what will happen is that yeah he's he's been suspended as a conservative mp in the same way that nadine doris was suspended as an mp when she did this 10 years ago yeah but then eventually come election time he will probably get reinstated and may well lose unless the Tories believe, well, actually, if we run with him, he's going to lose anyway. So here's somebody else. True, yeah. And, and frankly, he, he's probably earned enough money that he could take up some cushy consultancy job and be fine. So, I, you have to assume anybody
1: who works for the Conservatives at that level has enough connections with the people they've been helping on the on the back channels that they get a cushy job forever. But yeah.
0: he's, he's also, though, in doing so, in doing this, his political career is essentially over. i think it was
1: already though and i think it was so over that even he knew that and he is truly an idiot (laughs) and so if even he knew it was over and he's like okay i guess i'll just go be a celebrity instead it yeah obvious it might be the right move for his long-term financial needs maybe i don't know but as far as like a public servant it's shameful (laughs)
0: Okay, let's talk about Elon Musk, who unbelievably, oh boy, has finally bought Twitter. We
1: get we get to pat ourselves on the back, just a small pat mm. that we never believed he would get away
0: with backing it. Indeed,
1: could, he didn't convince us.
0: And as it happened, he uh, had to buy Twitter because he said he would, and he signed a contract. He tried to get out of it, yep. he couldn't, and yep. here he is. And now he's pretending it was his plan all along. Indeed, forty-four billion dollars later. He is now the owner. He changed his uh, Twitter bio to Chief Twit. Yes. Good one. <laughs> and he tweeted that the bird is freed. Let the good times roll. Yes. And on the day he bought the company, uh, he sacked the entire board, including the boss, Parag Agrawal, who was marched out of the building by security. Yes. and I'm... Uh, Or escorted out, I should say, in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, one
1: of the only things I really want to know about there, because I don't really care about the Twitter board at all, is how much their severance pay was because I'm imagining it was a lot of money that just got spent by firing a bunch of people. And then same down the board, everybody that he's just fired with with no warning from uh, jobs in general at Twitter, they're all getting paid like 60 days wages or something if they managed to co- collectively sue. Firing this many people, not a good sign for most businesses. No. Especially
0: not a good sign for Twitter. <laughs> okay, so on the back of all this, the, the chat is, well, what's he going to do? How's it going to be different? And <laughs> there's a couple of things. Number one is that there's been speculation that he will reverse bans on high-profile suspended users, namely the likes of Donald Trump yeah. and potentially also Kanye. Uh, but earlier this week did say that he didn't want Twitter to become... Uh, let's say, a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences.
1: Yeah, it's like somebody taught him the laws or something, and he realized that he actually has to a- mm. abide by the laws or something. And
0: suddenly he's saying things like, maybe free speech isn't what I was saying it was this whole time. <laughs> and the other thing he's he's said is, attempt, essentially, he's attempting to make Twitter profitable,
1: Yeah, is
0: that for people who want to keep the blue tick which shows them that, or I think it's maybe a white tick these days, to show everybody that you're verified, that you're the 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 real person.
1: You are you. You're the real one. You
0: have to pay $8 a month to keep that. And that would depend on what part of the world you're in. Uh, The rates would change. But if you're in the States, if you're in the UK... It'll be $8 or roughly £7 a month to have your Blue Tick. And if I'm reading this correctly, yeah. anybody could do it. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to be That's famous. the part that's
1: problematic for me. Why? Well, okay, money is very funny when Elon turns to Twitter and starts trying to beg for money in the same way we've seen other businesses do it. Start adding subscription charges to something that... Was free makes zero sense to pay for it. It's hilarious. It's eight quid is is eight dollars. Sorry as well. Uh, He he tried to pitch twenty. Went down to eight because. Uh, wait, who tweeted him? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, was it Stephen King? Yeah, uh, Stephen King tweeted him, yeah. <laughs> and so he, he dropped it, apparently, all the way to eight. I'm pretty sure it was a scheme. He, he, he pitched 20, and he was just waiting for the first celebrity to reply, that's too much, and then he was going to come in and say eight. And you know like, oh, wow, look at the sale. I think it was like, supposed to be eight all along. They've done their mass mass-based stuff that it's such a small amount of money that it's not going to save the company. If 10% of Twitter's users started paying eight a month, it still wouldn't save the company. And 10% is me being generous with the with the up, with the, up, the uptake. I would be surprised okay. if 10% of people chose to do this. It's not enough money to rescue the company. He's going to have to think of many other things, and especially think of things to get advertisers back on the platform because they've been leaving. He's tweeted that they're leaving. He thinks it's a leftist scheme that is making all these yeah. businesses stop spending money on Twitter.
0: Yeah. So the, um, but the was- thing that... Sorry, just at this point, there there was a number of of big advertising firms which pulled their spend on the site in the wake of this move. And uh, also, yeah, the the $8 was met with kind of varied reaction. But as you say, the one concern I would have is that it means that anyone could purportedly make themselves like an expert, even if they're absolutely not. The verification mark arrived on
1: Twitter because they got sued because the platform was making fake accounts seem plausible. And their solution to fake accounts seeming plausible was adding a, hey, we verified this person is the person. Listen to them, Mark. So for me, we're going to get right now a blue check mark $8 a month. They're probably going to get sued again and have to come up with another method to say this person is a real person. So even though he's doing all of this, uh, I am the I am the good boy. I'm just like the rest of you normal people. We all get the check marks now, not just the rich ones. Even though he was the rich ones with the check mark, um, he's going to have to add that back at some point when enough people complain that there's no verification for who is legitimate and who isn't. Yep, yep. So, so yeah, anyone can do it. It's going to cause a big problem, and then they're going to have to solve that problem with the tool that they just
0: made the problem. (laughs) And they're going to have to solve the problem with half of their staff, because as of the last hour, this is uh, news, which is reports that around half of Twitter's 8,000 strong staff have been fired. So an an internal document, which is seen by uh, Associated Press, allegedly has said that anyone, um, uh, roughly 50 percent of their colleagues will be losing their jobs today. That's crazy. And that outgoing workers will be denied access to company computers and emails immediately. Twitter are still yet to confirm this, but yeah, it certainly looks like from people tweeting, from, we've seen, uh, let's say, the Irish... Leo Var- uh, Leo Varadkar, because they've got a massive base in Dublin he said that this is you know bad news and the tech yeah. industry in Dublin expanded way too quickly so this is this is massive and again why why is why are suddenly half it's, the staff just well, being let go
1: short-term gains right
0: it's, other than cost cutting it's the same it's the same as yeah we've talked about it's cost-cutting
1: and it, that's it that's it it's the same as conservative principles as far as how to make money for the nation right it's very similar we we cut down on budget we stop spending right and for twitter that's fire staff stop spending for for the uk it's been cutting down services stop spending and all and uh if whatever they can they will sell or they will market so for twitter make the blue checks uh money and then for the conservatives sell the buses next i guess so it's the same principle and it makes things look good on the paper for like a, a quarter, maybe a year, maybe two years. But then you have to think of the next thing to monetize and sell and the next thing to monetize and sell or the next people to fire and the next group to make do more work for less pay and it becomes another sweatshop. And the tech world is full of sweatshops. And I'm... I, I I'm a bit I'm exaggerating a little bit because it's not ever going to be as bad as a legit sweatshop that is basically slavery. However, the tech world is full of people who are burning out on eighteen-hour days for very little wages, very little credit, very little advancement, and they just bounce between companies until they retire or die from stress at age thirty. Twitter is just going to contribute to that part of the problematic tech world more and more and more until the company either fails. Or gets bought by somebody better. Okay. One thing we forgot to discuss. Elon Twitter takeover, One of the first things he did right. on Twitter was share misinformation about the Paul Pelosi attack. Did you see that? Oh, did he? Yeah. So uh. Uh, Clinton tweeted out something, I think. Uh, about the story. And then Elon replied of like, well, maybe that's not actually what happened. And he linked to some right-wing conspiracy news sites, a fake story that is a complete conspiracy about what actually happened to Paul Pelosi in the attack. Uh, so just to tie into Twitter, to Pelosi, to racism in general, to working with people of conspiracy-esque right-leaning beliefs and it doesn't work. Elon, one of the first things he did, taking over the platform and doing the right thing as a good centrist person, was completely just lie to everybody and spread a very harmful story that is
0: only going to divide further. It's weak. We can't have all this middle grounding. We just can't. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, another major story from the States this week. And in the run-up to the midterm elections, the husband of the House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi has just been discharged from hospital six days after he was attacked with a hammer yeah. in his home. So. Mrs. Pelosi, who is uh, the second in line to the U.S. presidency, had said to reporters that her 82-year-old husband had uh, is going to now remain under medical care at home, with uh, family staying there too. So, Mr. Paul Pelosi had surgery to repair a skull fracture yeah. and injuries to his uh, right arm and hands after he was attacked by an intruder last Friday. In San Francisco, the suspect had allegedly broken into the house with the intention of kidnapping Nancy Pelosi. And, uh, yeah, I believe that man is still uh, he's in custody, He'd bail, you, all yeah, that kind of stuff. He,
1: his plan was to make Pelosi tell the truth about right. whatever he thought she was lying about. So it's a radicalised person who has been driven to do a completely insane thing by whatever. So...
0: Yeah so the D- department of justice has crime uh, crimed him he's been crimed he's been crimed uh he has been charged with a couple of federal crimes very serious and uh, yeah various blogs social media sites a website under the name of the suspect have been found to contain anti-semitic memes holocaust denial QAnon stuff conspiracy yeah. theories the whole lot yeah so there's is, is concerning that this uh, well, it, this, this yeah, happened, yeah. and but also that it wasn't worse.
1: Well, excellent that it didn't turn any worse than it was. But yeah, it, it's crazy that this kind of thing happens. Um, I'm assuming we're going to see heightened security for all of these people in their yeah, for private sure. residences, where there maybe wasn't, and I don't know why there wasn't. Because America has seemed like a pl- the place where there's going to be lots of attacks soon, and there's been threats of attacks for a long time. So I'm surprised sure. that there wasn't really tight security around anybody related to these people at the top. Um, But it is a sign of just how bad things are getting in the qanon sphere and it's only going to be getting worse until it starts getting figured out and until we start figuring out how to get through to these people to to bring them back
0: into what is actually real and away from all their conspiracy it's theories it's too late it's too late for that there's there's absolutely no going back for these people you know just just today was reading about the uh this i think it's a, like an s i think they're calling themselves the sos coalition right and it's people like the pennsylvania governor and the governor of arizona and all these people in fairly high level of, of office. Yeah, it's crazy how high up some of them are. Who are either going for election or in some cases re-election and I think the study found like something like a third of the people who are up for these midterm elections, something like 500 people in total on <laughs> a third of them really. believe that the last election was rigged. And this uh, this, this not, guy it's just, it's so from hard. Arizona who the BBC had done a feature on said that since 2006 he was like the last so how many years is that? Something like the last five of our these midterms have all been rigged. Yeah. And I refuse to believe that Arizona would ever vote Democrat. So we're at a point now where there is a total and uh, a growing lack of trust in the, currently the American electoral system. But obviously that's going to spread across the world. Uh, there are
1: several countries that are just a few
0: a few years behind America in terms of the delusion, yeah. So dangerous because we're gonna get to the midterms. It is and people who simply don't like the way the votes have turned out are going to continue to just what, just call out the, oh, it was rigged. Yeah, it's fake. But this is someone cheated.
1: This is why, it, and then people are going to
0: believe that. And as you say, this is what happens with January sixth, yeah. and the Capitol riots, and you're just going to see this repeated,
1: yeah, if not worse. So we need huge scale intervention. I don't think you can do anything about it. How I don't though? think I can do anything about it. It has to be top level, uh, media level, government level, and it has to be things like uh, fact checking. With it doesn't even matter if it's Wikipedia. I don't care. But people I,
0: call that out as like. As untrue right. as well, but
1: then it's it's combined that with deplatforming because it has to happen. We've got Elon Musk here saying freedom of speech is saying whatever you want, wherever you want, blah 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 That isn't true. Freedom of speech is not stirring up a violence in your nation by manipulating people. Right, that is obviously not okay, and you can't do it. So there has to be a limit for where people are allowed to have a platform even on the news i see people who get rep- their views represented on normal british news and their views should not be getting represented as normal or fair or the balanced part of a story or i guess you could believe either of these things because they'll they'll pretend that 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 the crazy person has anything to say that is legitimate we have to Stop just giving people a platform because it's good for the story or because it's good for clicks or good for the headline. you got to remove people from Twitter, which has happened and it will happen. And it is about the only tool we have is making them go into their own conspiracy circles, limiting the the number of other people who see it and get brought in after them. as for, like, what we can do as individuals is it is and always will be trying to have conversations with people around us to look out for the red flags of them dropping references to things or... Seeing weird little red red flags and little dog whistles right, right, right. and calling them out and asking them for facts and making sure that they understand that they are not verifying their information. Well, just just off the back uh, of that, but, hold
0: on, just off the back of that, Joe Biden this week said that American democracy was facing an unprecedented threat from political candidates who will refuse to commit to accepting yeah. these results. Yeah, as this is you know this is just before next week's elections, which the Democrats I believe are set to lose the. Lower house, they're, they're set to lose the the house, yeah, which is pretty scary. And then it's going to be close in the Senate, is is what I believe is going to happen. So either he's, way, he's right. it's going to mean
1: that Biden will not be able to do anything Correct. for the next half of his of his term.
0: And that's, I mean, that's that just tends to be the way that these presidential terms go. the The house tends to swing from. Yeah whoever is the president to whoever the opposition are. That's the, the, yeah. that's the way it goes. This is also why we
1: need to get electoral reform built into our systems in the UK, the US, anywhere that, that gives advantage to the racist bunch needs to right. have a system that doesn't do that but because who... the racist will clump together and vote for the most racist party whereas everybody else will kind of vote for the people that they think is maybe the best. But here's, here's the refuse problem. They to vote for people like Biden.
0: Here's the problem. Is that particular, let's say in the States, let's ignore everyone else for, for just now. Let's say in the States, there is a general consensus, mainly from what I see in Democrat circles, mm-hmm. that we need to have some sort of electoral reform. Yeah. If that is put forward, it is then seen by anyone... Who's a Republican, whether that's in the Senate or whether that's at a state level, as some sort of Democrat led uh, way of rigging elections. No one in a Republican side at this point, where the party is right now, is going to say, you know what? You're right. We need electoral reform where we can trust our results again. It will always be dismissed out of hand as some sort of Democrat plot because the way that the party system is set up in the states and the way just the political sphere is right now and has has been for the last, or oh, eight years? Mm-hmm. It's so adversarial. Yeah, but the fact... And that's a serious problem. And it, I cannot see how that gets fixed. But, well, because they're still outnumbered for now. By who? That's it. That's why, that's why
1: we have to do things now is that the crazy people who are denying elections and pushing for no reform and pushing for uh, authoritarian figures are outnumbered. So while we can still beat them in the votes, we have to get the reform through rather than trying to reach across the aisle and come to some middle ground about things that there will never be middle ground for because you're trying to agree with people who are coming to the table with the intent to disagree. So you have to do it now. This is for Biden. This is for the next time Labour are in power. They just have to change the way the election systems work to something that represents the most people, not just the biggest group of one type of person. Because if you look at the states, all the gerrymandering and the uh, electoral college system, it it, it very much limits people in what they can vote for. And in the UK, the the first-past-the-post system very much makes people pick whatever they think is the thing that represents them the most. And when you've got several parties on the left and only one on the right... The one on the right is going to win every time. So the parties on the on the opposite side, whenever they have the power, need to make things different, okay. even if they get disagreed with. Yep. Whereas what we have right now with Biden and with Labour is a bunch of people who, whenever they get power, they say, oh, no, we must all agree to things or otherwise it's not legitimate incorrect. If what they are coming to, if if you're trying to discuss something with someone who is making everything not legitimate, there is not going to be a solution. So you just have to change things.
0: Okay. Let's, uh, a couple more stories before we move on to to lighter stuff. Let's talk about the uh, refugee and asylum seeker issue at the moment in the UK, because this has grabbed the headlines. Thanks to Suella Braverman. So the latest news is well, that yeah. hundreds of refugees have been moved from an immigration centre in Kent. Mm-hmm. Amidst serious concerns it become vastly overcrowded. So this uh, processing centre at Manston was uh, meant to house 1,600 people. As of Monday, there were 4,000 people there which uh, was labelled a, a serious breach of humane conditions. There were lots of right. really terrible stories of of people who had been given little more than uh, water and paracetamol. Yeah, And, uh, yeah, there have been various coaches with, with tinted windows <sighs> taking and ferrying various refugees into different parts of the country. But this has been in the news because of the Home Secretary. Now, to take you back to last week and probably the week before that (laughs) and the week before that, Soella Braverman was in the news. This is the current Home Secretary because she was in Liz Truss's government and then resigned because she said she had breached uh, national security or some sort of security because she used her personal email for official business six times. Which she did. And she resigned. Yes. And then Rishi Sunak got in charge (laughs) and reappointed her as Home Secretary.
1: she's learned her lesson. She's learned her lesson. So it's, you know, there's no risk anymore. So we also need to pay her for her severance fee for losing her
0: last job, you know. Indeed. (laughs) So despite the fact that these uh, six instances were serious um, security documents, uh, she claimed it was so that she could read the documents while she was on her work phone doing a video call. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. That so Completely valid. Makes complete sense. Indeed. And she also then sent um, a draft ministerial statement, which breaks security rules, mm-hmm. to various backbenchers and a staff member of a different MP. Yes. So this is, yeah, some interesting She's a security stuff.
1: risk, is the, is the summary.
0: And yes. because this was continuing to bubble up at the headlines and Labour and opposition MPs were saying, why is she the Home Secretary after she resigned for yep. doing this six times? Invalid and question. suddenly, she decided in a, a completely unrelated uh, report to claim that the asylum seekers the UK were currently dealing with in the south of England um, was akin to an invasion. That was the word she used.
1: Yes, this is the dog whistles we talked about earlier. An
0: invasion of illegal migrants. Yes, militaristic terms is problematic to a very high degree. And uh, yeah, Rishi Sudak on the back of that said the UK is, is actually a
1: compassionate country. Well, it, you'd think that, but when they polled people to ask if they thought it was a reasonable thing to say, v- the vast majority of Conservative voters decided that it was a reasonable thing to say that it, that it was akin to an invasion. Um, so it kind of shows me that maybe that Britain isn't nice and is maybe a bit hostile Oh, we're to- not. No, we, we're not. <laughs> I mean, we know that. The way we, the way we treat them officially is hostile and, and, and horrible, obviously. So we, th- yeah, they're, they're using, once again, they're using immigrants as a distraction technique because they know it's going to work yeah. because they pander to racists. And this is kind of similar to the last part where you've got people on one side that are completely demented and are crazy and or will not come to a reasonable conclusion with you. We've got racists in the UK. There's loads of people in the UK who are just racist. They don't want immigration. They don't want immigrants. They don't want a a neighbor with a different skin color to them. They think that people from the UK are superior genetically. There are that many of them that the conservatives pander to them to try and get their votes. So therefore the conservatives are kind of racist as well. Maybe not outrightly quite as racist. They don't like maybe Nazi salute in public and stuff like that. But they're racist enough that they want to say things like immigration's basically an invasion at this point, and that's a dog whistle, and it gets the racists to vote for them. And then you got the Labour Party who are like, well, we better work with the Conservatives. And you know what, working with the Conservatives A little bit racist to do that. So maybe stop working with them and work against them instead. Uh, And that's the kind of line, if you at any point are trying to agree with racist people, you're kind of being racist (laughs) to a problematic degree. And you should stop
0: doing that and start not agreeing with them. (laughs) Just to to show you who agreed with uh, Ms. Braverman's comments, Nigel Farage, the former leader of of the Brexit party and UKIP, had said on Twitter that she was right to use the word invasion. And she just had the guts to say... Uh, what needed to be said. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had uh, other, sometimes some Tory MPs who were saying, you know, we've got to be careful about the language we've used, which was a very nice way of, of uh, saying that these comments kind of like fact Not agreeing,
1: not disagreeing, it's kind of like working with her a wee bit though. So you know, not really rejecting the racism and therefore being a
0: bit racist. And it was only a couple of days after a man threw two firebombs or petrol bombs mm-hmm. at a separate immigration centre in Dover. So again, and words ended have up being the only casualty. Consequences, yeah. I think he was later found dead. Yeah, but this is what happened. But happens. That's, again, you would you would strongly argue that that is a result of well, it is things that people have read and uh, believed. If people are going
1: about saying that Im- immigrants uh, are invading our country and making it sound like an invasion and making it sound like a hostile enemy is thing, then patriotic people would want to kill them, right? So maybe we should stop doing that so that patriotic people don't want to kill the hostile people who are invading our country, right? But no, we're going to keep doing it because we want the racists to vote for us. And now is the time to intervene. We really are, uh, in the UK, in the US, in a lot of countries, we are running out of time on this whole idea that we need to be reasonable with the racists, and we need to be reasonable with the bigots, and we need to like try and find a common middle ground, because trying to find a common middle ground with them is still a bit bigoted and still a bit racist, and therefore not okay.
0: Let's talk about Kanye West, because he has been in the news again this week for... Well, essentially every single major sponsor cut ties with him after all of his uh, anti-Semitic comments. He did brag that Adidas... Couldn't possibly do so. Oh, did he? Oh, that's ironic. Because they did. Yeah, he
1: was. He was saying he he could be completely anti anti Semitic, and Adidas wouldn't be able to cut ties so,
0: with him. And, and then they did cut ties with him. They they did. So the German sportswear brand, uh, who had ten I mean, percent of their business, enlisted Kanye as their uh, edgy appeal artist. But ultimately, they decided against this mounting outcry over his offensive and anti Semitic remarks. Of course, Kanye has found some backers in various far right figures but yeah v- the vast majority of people are saying yeah this guy needs uh help i saw a clip of him being interviewed by piers morgan i think an interview would be unfair uh to call it that but the only takeaway i had from that is this guy needs support rather than okay clearly he has some very well yeah. tasteless things to say about jewish people yeah but also, there's a, clearly a mental health, a serious mental health issue here.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the big messages I've seen a few people reflecting is the fact that if he was a woman, he would a hundred percent be in a conservatorship by now. Oh, probably. Yeah, he would be like labeled thing. as somebody who is mismanaging their career and needs to be brought under the heel of their father or some uh, male figure in their life. Some random lawyer, you know, it's happened to several celebrities. Uh, but I like this. I, like, uh, maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe it would be. Maybe if he was a woman, he'd already be in a conservatorship. Uh, but the fact is that this is one of those instances where you wonder, how does he still have control of so much of his business? And it's because it's tied to his brand and that's it. He is the business.
0: But it's one of those stories where, and again, we're doing this ourselves by talking about it. He's been getting so much publicity and news articles and this, that, the next thing. Which was is probably feeding into a lot of his thinking at the moment because he's getting a big reaction. Uh, where, whereas what he really needs, as you say, whether it's a conservatorship, whether it's it's rehab, whether it's whatever, that's what he needs rather than constant. Oh, can you said something? Can you did something? Let's talk about it. Let's let's, let's get. It. Let's
1: interview him. Let's interview him. Let's interview him again and again and again and make him say more things and give him more of a platform. You know, he he. We're, everybody is just giving him more of a chance to damage himself. Uh, and his wealth, and you know, any mega rich person's downfall is always going to entertain me into some degree. Any mega rich person completely failing purely because they've shown some element of their 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 not intelligent side, and uh, or their racist side, or their anti semitic side, or their bigoted side, entertaining. Mental health makes it not entertaining. <laughs> so it's this horrible mix of, uh, the like. People don't deserve to have as much power and influence and wealth as Kanye had. But you don't want that to make anybody turn into a completely mentally unstable person of zero help. And it's shocking to me that there isn't intervention and there isn't help and that people are allowing this because he does have managers and friends and people who can influence him. And it looks like enough of those people are just kind of softly encouraging it and making him, encouraging him to do certain business decisions that are going to be even more harmful to him, and all of these things. And it's just somebody who's being, and who taken advantage of, but he deserves it all as well. No matter how bad his mental health is, all of the repercussions for the things he is publicly saying is deserved. His complete, his his tanking business and his tanking wealth completely deserved. Um, And, uh, I, and so long as he keeps saying these things, I hope people still uh, keep leaving him. And I hope people will never do business with him again because he's proven that he cannot Hold back his horrible thoughts from the public. I mean, until he, I guess, either serves some sentence that proves he's he's a good person again, or gets completely approved by several doctors. In which case, maybe start working with people slowly over time. But who cares at that point? And not me.
0: Okay, James. Let's talk reviews now. Let's let's ease into this, because I believe we have five things to talk about, and cl- and then a listener review as well. There's so much stuff. So, let's, I'm going to start really quickly with the two movies. I believe you've got a movie there too, and then let's go deep with the two TV shows. We can go right. quick with those. Let it's me tell easy. you, first of all, I went to see The Banshees of Inna Sharon, yes. which is the Oscar-tipped Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, the classic pair. Uh, absolutely, who have done loads of stuff with Martin McDonough directing, and I believe also wrote the film as well. Now, he is the guy right. who did Three Billboards Past Ebbing, Missouri, mm-hmm. which was that fantastic drama from a few years ago. And he also did In Bruges. A bunch of loads of, of my favourite films are, are Martin McDonough movies. And this one, yeah. my goodness, it starts as... Like, uh, almost like a Father Ted sketch. I uh, I saw Mark Kermode, one of our rival reviewers, who compared it to a Father Ted sketch, and honestly, (laughs) as as much as I don't want to to use the same line, it's true, it felt like something out of Father Ted. And then, it just descends into this really bleak, but still darkly funny drama set in like 1920s fictional Irish island, and it's about... The ending of a friendship, which okay. is ironic considering the start of this this podcast, and uh-huh. the depths in which these two men, played by Colin and and Brendan, go to as their friendship falls apart, is staggering. And it it tells the story of man's search for purpose and the right. some de- sometimes desperate attempts that people will. Um, well, go to, desperate lengths, I should say, that they'll go to in order to give their life meaning. And I left the movie having thought, wow, okay, I will remember that movie for the rest of my life. It will probably win a lot of Oscars, but my goodness, do I feel absolutely miserable right now. So, yeah, a feel-bad comedy, that seems to be feel the... feel-bad comedy. I think th- th- that's the way that's, he's been trending. Yeah, but I would say it's like a feel-bleak. Like, it's so... Just right. grim. I think I
1: love
0: it I think I will love it i, I you will would. have to you, watch honestly it, yeah y- you would get a lot out of it, and some of the fun like some of the funny lines in it are properly laugh out loud, funny, yeah, and then some of the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum it's really in some cases just horrendous, it's horrific so right, yeah yeah yeah, worth watching if you are up for something more meaty, which will definitely do welcome award season, okay, all right, your movie go
1: I watched the thing the original one, not the like. The, not the like prequel that was recently oh, okay. made. Okay,
0: the remake, the, yeah. the original
1: one. The original one. So old school, practical effects. How was it? Uh, very much off the times, and it was it was just so good. Uh, yeah, you've got to put on your this is an old film hat. Some of it isn't very believable. This is an old this is an old film. Some of the acting is a bit okay. dated. Blah blah blah. All of that stuff. Um, but it is it is just such an excellently done scary film. And the practical effects are impressive and they always will be. Um, There are some things that you can do with practical effects when it comes to like monsters and gore and disgusting things are just always going to look better Uh than VFX will. Maybe not always, but for a very long time still, we're just not quite there with some of the elements. And yet some of it didn't work, some of it did, but it's just so good to revisit that film if you've seen the thing. Maybe it's time for a rewatch. Maybe it's been a year or two. Give it another watch. Okay. You haven't seen the thing. It's a classic for a reason. It is. It's a, everybody knows it for a reason, and it made careers for a reason. So, give it a go.
0: Nice. Okay. Movie number two I went to see is called Bros, and it's like uh, like the Banshees of Inisherin is still out in cinemas in the UK. Okay. It is a gay rom com. Now, before... oh, not not Mario then. Oh, no. It's, okay. No, it's not Bros as in, like, Mario or Luigi or... Super kind. And super not, Mario It's kind. not Bros, the 1990s uh, UK double act. <laughs> and before you, like, skip forward, this is really important, okay? And this... Okay. I was surprised by <laughs> oh, <wait>. how much... <laughs> are we assuming people are going to skip forward your reviews? That's harsh. Your reviews are excellent. Okay. Right. Anyway, well, maybe. I thought that perhaps they just wanted to get to Rings of Power and House of Dragon. Anyway, this is, <laughs> this is genuinely important. Any time I have seen, usually over the last couple of years... On, like, TikTok or Instagram, little kids reacting to Disney, new Disney movies, where, for example, uh, what was that special Disney talking house movie? Madrigal? I can't remember what it was called. Anyway. Oh, oh I, yeah, I got you. What was it called? I can't, Encanto. Encanto, yes. Encanto, yeah. Wow, Madrigal. There were loads of videos at the time of little Hispanic or South American Latina uh, girls who were seeing this movie. And we're seeing themselves and like, oh, hey, look, there's me. And it was really being very excited about being on the screen. Yeah. yeah it was really lovely. And I thought, oh, that's isn't that sweet? And then the scene. So that, a little the, bit of that with like the Little Mermaid, little recently, Mermaid. the trailers for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was, because, uh, really cool. Little Mermaid's black. And then all these, again, videos of like little girls who were black saying, oh, look, she's black. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's really heartwarming. I thought that's, this is good. This is why we need yeah. representation in movies. But I never really felt the same way about myself right. until oh. I watched this movie. And oh, yeah, okay, I am fully on board with this now. And anyone who says that, yeah, representation of movies is uh, not a thing, yeah. I right, just get out. This is this is hundred percent. Having watched this movie, <laughs> it, it, it works. <laughs> and finally, at the age of thirty-one, wow. seeing a rom-com which represents fully and fairly a gay romance was so lovely. Because rather than just like, and I know Brokeback Mountain is the go-to, two straight guys playing, pretending to be gay, that's all fine for the straights. But this movie... works, it's fine, yeah. With Billy Eichner, who's an American comedian, semi-famous, it decided that every single person in this cast... Was was going to either be essentially in their community, right? So yeah. the lead, the two of them, are gay. Right. Some of the supporting characters are bisexual or lesbian, right. and they're people that you would know from shows like Community or RuPaul's Drag Race, who are now playing these supporting roles. And right, yeah, 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 It's I mean, in terms of a rom-com formula, it's very basic. In terms of okay, the storyline, the acting, yeah, it's fine. Some of the comedy fantastic i'm properly laughing out loud because there's a lot of references and jokes that as a gay man right i get i i can relate to okay rather than just like what a straight person would watch and be like oh yeah that's mildly funny
1: the gay person's being campy again (laughs)
0: yeah there's there were so many little like lines and off the off the cuff remarks that other characters would make that really resonated and you could tell that people in essentially this community had written and were acting it. And so I am really glad that, okay, fair enough, it took 31 years of my life to finally watch an authentic gay rom-com. Mm-hmm. And is is, is it going to light the world on fire? Am I ever going to watch it again? Probably <laughs> okay. not. But, but it was so lovely yeah. getting to go to the cinema with my partner to watch a film where our relationship essentially, was, we were watching it on the screen. Okay. Rather than any other rom-com, which is just, hey, man meets girl. Girl has problems with boy. Yeah. And eventually they get together. And so 100% I am on board with get everything represented in movies because it's such a lovely feeling finally getting to see what I have known about myself for, yeah, what, two decades? Finally, in an actual movie. It was great. It was so good, even though the movie wasn't amazing. Right. It was so lovely. No, but that's the, yeah. It doesn't have to be.
1: That's the, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No. Well done. Like that's really cool to hear.
0: Okay. Shall we talk about these two giant TV shows that need probably more than How more time many. than we're going to give it? Yeah. Which one? I'm going to let you choose. Which one do you want to start oh, with? Oh, Boy, there's so much to say. No, we have to start with with Rock. I I agree. Rings of Power. Okay. So for yeah. those of you yeah. who perhaps we get the are yet. <laughs> are yet to start or don't know what we're talking about this is the most expensive tv show of all time it's the amazon yep. lord of the rings pre pre peter jackson movies yeah uh, going into the characters some of whom we know from the fellowship of the ring indeed trilogy indeed. but some who are new and they're all being played by a totally new cast of characters yes and uh the amazon have and i'm very sad saying this have the show for five seasons they do so james Let me ask, first of all, overall thoughts. Uh, Overall thoughts. uh, I wish it never got made. (laughs) That's about (laughs) it, really. That's my overall thought. I wish it
2: it never got
0: made. (laughs) Okay, let me give you mine, and then I'm going to ask you for more detail. Yeah. If I turned off my brain totally and ejected it from the room, it was fine
1: fine yes fine is the best i could get with zero brain if
0: i engaged with one percent of my brain yes this show annoyed me so much that it was i nearly had to turn it off at several yeah. points and just yeah. like shaking my head in disbelief at some points that yeah mm-hmm. why on earth mm-hmm. has it been written like this or why did that character yeah. do that how does that work if how does that make sense nothing. nothing made sense as the
1: decisions they were making yeah uh, okay good more detail let's hear it okay What I will say is the the VFX work was top notch, you can tell it was expensive. The like the scenery was incredible. Uh, the costuming for the most part was okay except uh, but pretty bad sometimes <laughs> okay. but then like the orcs were the coolest that they've ever been the orcs I agree, really cool
0: they look great the orcs
1: i was amazed how great they looked um uh, so like there's some elements of that where they just clearly put all their money in they give that team here's the here's the blank check run with it we're investing heavy and those things work there were like some compelling characters the big bad guy Actually, I found him pretty compelling. He's yep, the same enough. actor for Benjen Stark from Game of Thrones. Yep, um, I liked that. Um, the the some of the characters I like more than I thought I would. The dwarves I thought I liked more than I expected. So I, I thought they were going to be the usual cliche, and they seemed like they were going to be the usual cliche at the start, but they turned out they weren't. There was there was drippings of the usual. And also,
0: Peter Mullen was one of the dwarves, and that was cool. Yeah, so like, there, and
1: and Elrond's story with them, cool. Uh, But for the most part, everybody's story was... Hey, there! It's a coming of age story. They took Galadriel, one of the oldest and wisest elves in the source material, and gave her a teenage coming of age story. <laughs> they, 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 they took Elrond and did the same thing. They, they took the dwarf characters and did the same thing. They, 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 they took some hobbit characters and gave them a coming of age story. They, they took uh, some, some Southlanders and they gave one of them a coming of age, of age story. And the whole thing was like it was made for a teenage audience, which I guess it was because I think that was the target audience. Yep. But that's the wrong audience for a Tolkien epic, so it just didn't work. And I could have dealt with one coming-of-age story, maybe. Definitely not the ones that they chose. Uh, for a show called The Rings of Power, they spent an insultingly small time <laughs> making The Rings of Power. Was, maybe <laughs> like, 10 minutes? It was. It, I actually was very upset because I thought Oh well, I guess they're saving that whole really cool story from the books for season for season two. But no, they got it. Nope. They got it over with. It took shorter than the Hobbits saying goodbye to each other. Um,
0: <laughs> it, it, it really it crammed it into the like, last episode, didn't they? it?
1: It felt like they employed a bunch of people who dropped out of writing school in year one of uni, thinking that they knew everything. Yeah, and gave them unlimited budget. There was the occasional really good line. But 95% of it was trash. I want to say some of my least favorite lines were the fact that the the, the Numenorians, this really cool warrior race of humans who have very long lives and are powerful people, who are master smiths and excellent craftsmen, they're they're saying they're like their their motto as a as a people and a clan was the sea is always right right even kids disney films have more compelling one liners to put on a t-shirt than the C is always right and they said it a lot. so many times i i had to pause at some point and be like please stop saying this stupid line like it's supposed to meaning be meaningful okay um there was there's was a whole bunch of things like that and in general it was bad and I won't watch it again. I will watch the rest of the seasons, but I will never watch season one again. Nope. I really hope it does a thing that one or two Amazon shows that I have seen does and it has a weak first season and gets better. Sure. It has happened and I hope it does.
0: Well I mean the best one for me it wasn't an Amazon show is BoJack Horseman. The first season of Bojack Horseman is not that great. It's not then, it,
1: yeah, it's not—it's it's pretty average.
0: It vastly picks up, yeah, and so and the, some of the latter seasons are genuinely some of my favorite TV ever. So there is hope. Although comparing BoJack Horseman to Rings of Power, two very different kettles of fish, and yeah, this I, particular one, as you've you've highlighted, a lot of the problems for me, it also did the whole thing that we hated in Game of Thrones, which was people apparently can teleport. They can just go from one part oh of the map my to the specific point they need to get to without any explanation as to how super fast.
1: Like, also, what, if you've what? got an uh, infected belly injury, you can ride a horse across a continent. Yeah, that bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I'm trying not to spoil it too much. There's a, no, very big, no. a big moment that happens. It's supposed to be an episode cliffhanger. And you know that everybody survives, but they're supposed yep. to look like they all maybe died. But they would have killed them. And it just didn't. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was, it was, there was a thing some... that actually in real life happens and kills everybody. And then, yep. nah, it was just like a, a little bit of a disaster. We'll recover from it. Maybe uh, maybe this or that character will, will die, blah, 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 blah. But it, 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 not, nothing landed.
0: Yeah. So my point to that is there is a mid-season natural disaster, <laughs> which... I was watching this with Graham. There is a cliffhanger, in which one of the characters uh, is is seen enveloped by said natural disaster, and he turned to me. Deadly natural disaster, strike tornado. Graham said, "Right, so so they're dead then?" Yeah. And I said, "Well, well, no, because no, they're in are. they're in the films, the films from twenty years ago, so they can't be." <laughs> and that was the whole point. One of my major problems was they were putting these characters in peril where you knew they were going to be fine, and also yeah, even if you yeah some of the reveals. The characters who we were wondering who they were going to be. <sighs> they were all weak. Every single one of them
1: was weak. Every single reveal was poorly done. One of the reveals, I will say, was my favorite one because it was so poorly done because it was kind of done well for a second and then it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Major thing happens in the show. A character go, goes up to the character who will know what happened, right? Yep. Uh, and goes to the big boy. He goes, Hey, big boy. What just happened? And the big boy doesn't answer, just completely ignores it. Dingies the question. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Because we actually all know what happened because we're the viewers. We see it all. and We put the pieces together. And I was like, oh, the show's respected us as viewers. And it's giving us a moment where we know what happened. The big guy knows what happens and the little people don't. Okay, that's great. And then they put the text on the screen that said the thing. That They just revealed it with some crappy 3D-looking word right. art text on the screen. <laughs> Sorry,
0: I didn't realise what you were referring to. I want, I do want to talk about this, okay? There is a... <laughs> just <laughs> last thing, and then we're going to move on. There is a, an episode of the show... <laughs> I can't. ...where they talk yes. about what they're going to name their new land. And as you say, James, you were very cryptic there. The land is called Mordor, and everyone knows... Oh, crap. It's Colin. called Mordor. Okay, spoilers, It's, guess, no, it's right? fine. It's fine. We all know it's called Mordor. We all know
1: it's right. Mordor. We've watched the films... They've been referring it by a different name the whole time. We're like, oh, well, we
0: know what that's going to be later on. And, and similarly, I felt exactly the same way. One of the characters, one of the characters gets asked, "What shall we name this this land?" And the camera like zooms into the guy's face, and I was like, okay, either he's going to say it, he dingies he's going to say it, or he's just going to stay quiet. And obviously, it zooms out, and the whole viewer knows what it's called. Yeah. And they chose the smart one, stayed quiet. It looked great. And then. Just when you think, oh, that was a cool moment, <laughs> up comes paint, 3D paint, and someone <laughs> typed the word... Mordor! <laughs> oh.
1: I, I guarantee, I guarantee that was a Jeff Bezos edit. I guarantee he saw the initial <laughs> one and it didn't happen and he was like, what did they call oh,
0: it? It's such... And then it's
1: like, oh. Jeff, we're releasing the episode tomorrow, Jeff. Everybody knows what it is and Jeff's like, I didn't Horrendous. know what it was. We better put it in what it was. So they put together this word art 3D char- character reveal with a stupid transition. It hurt my feelings.
0: Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about House of the Dragon. I would, what did yeah, you think? Yeah, I would
1: love to talk about the Rings of Power more. I could complain about it for hours and hours and hours and hours, and I need to vent it someday. House of the Dragon uh, it recaptured most of the good things that early seasons of Game of Thrones had, and then every now and then they sprinkled in a little bit of, oh yeah, but we're actually not so good at this as well, uh, badness. So I would say... It exceeded expectations, right? I came into Rings of Power with really low expectations, and it it went lower. Um, I came into House of the Dragon with like uh-huh. middling expectations, and it it was good TV. Yep, I enjoyed it very much.
0: So again, overall, I thought House of the Dragon because of how the the, su- the sour taste that Game of Thrones left. Um, towards the end of its run, yeah, it's similarly yeah. Didn't expect much. Watched the trailers. Didn't expect much, and the opening episodes of the show were very, very slow, and I didn't really think a lot of it. And then as it gained traction, oh, I loved the opening episodes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But as to, for me, as it gained traction, and we lo- we got to know the characters more. There were some scenes towards the end of the show which genuinely were excellent, really, really powerful, yes. well-written stuff and well-acted too, <laughs> yeah. both from the the young actors and also the, the adults. So there's a lot in here, and particularly towards the end of the show, I thought this is really yeah. heating up. And, and that's why when the end of episode nine was
1: one of my least favorite parts of the show, it hurt the most because okay. they were getting really good at getting the big scenes right.
0: And then they've completely dropped the ball. There was, I've seen a lot of people write about episode ten because there's a very graphic and very triggering scene. That was great. That was perfect. Right? I couldn't have asked for better. They clearly watched How to
1: Train Your Dragon. Just saying, (laughs) best source material you can pick. I'm
0: not sure we're talking about the same thing, but uh, I was talking about the childbirth scene. Oh, that one. Oh, never mind. No, that the, the okay. Let's go to childbirth. <laughs> that was that was great.
1: I enjoyed that so much. Uh, the childbirth scenes was a theme for the show. Uh, and I think a well a well chosen theme for this show. It was a.
2: But it, was it was one very, of those like
1: vis vis visually. It was nasty. It was a bit much. I was eating at the time when I had to stop. Um, oh, grim. But it was. I think it was overdone. I will say. I won't, I won't say. I I, can, I it ruined the show for me. Like the end of episode nine did. Uh, But the childbirthing scenes in general, I can see what they were trying to go for because they they were trying to teach us all about how big of a thing childbirth was and how traumatic it was for the women and they were forced to go through it, um and the they were forced to until they had a son as well and all of those things, um I can see why they kept the scenes so so there and so prominent and there was artistry behind it but I think they also did just try and gore it up a little bit too much and make it a bit. A bit in your face for I I'm not quite sure what reason because it was just kind of like I wouldn't even say uncomfortable because it was uncomfortable and then it was just like okay why am I why am I watching now? It it wasn't even an invasion of an invasion of privacy I I didn't quite understand what they were trying to show me as the viewer at that point except right right this is disgusting and I'm like well she's not <laughs> she's not even pooping it's not even realistic where's the poop come on okay.
0: Let the stop. Okay, let's just, just to <laughs> contrast the two, I am excited and looking forward for the next season because I thought that, genu- like, overall, yeah. it was a well-written, well-acted show which told some really interesting stories with lots of shades of grey. Uh, with hints of the old Game of Thrones and also Paddy, Consid- uh, Paddy Considine. All the praise, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he will win. He will win lots of prizes. He was great. I really enjoyed his performance. So yeah,
1: yeah, well done. I will say, so the biggest complaints I have about this show, it's a small list and that's a great thing. One character had a really bad accent that they clearly redubbed over just a normal accent and they did a really bad job of it and it didn't need to be done, but they had just a terrible accent work done in the show. That was one thing. Uh, end of episode nine, uh, terrible. It was back to the worst episodes of the original run of Game of Thrones. It was just spectacle for spectacle's sake for no actual logical reason. It really threw me out of enjoying the show. Um and the other things like hey, the wigs didn't look so great. Some of the costuming wasn't so good. That CGI could have been a bit better. All of that stuff. And it's so small a complaint compared to how bad other shows have been doing recently. Disney stuff, Marvel stuff, Rings of Power. That oh, for it, sure. it, it was a refreshing quality to see. Um I and one of the big things the show needs to do is stop doing the behind the scenes really why because they're letting the writers and the directors tell us their intent for the characters and it's kind of ruining it a wee bit okay because the writers are coming out and being oh, just like to watch it hey Damon is actually not good at all and he's not got a good bone in his body he doesn't care about his brother and he, he that that little thing where he kind of helped him up the stairs when he was really weak and it looked like it was a moment of his true nature shining through even though he's horrible and and bad and bad Uh, no that wasn't real he's he's not even a great character he's just bad and i'm like oh no it's more interesting when he was a great character stop telling me your intent let me interpret your work
0: let's let's just wrap up because i know time is is disappearing if you have any thoughts dear listener if you've seen these two shows rings of power or house of the dragon or both get in touch let us know what you thought cease at gmail.com and you can do what anthony did and sent us his review of come from away one of the Best things they did was make House
1: Valerian black. I'm not even going to stop because this is so important. Okay. They made House Valerian black. Yep. And yep. it was the best decision they made for this show because I agree. there was way too many pasty white blonde people to even keep track of them. And <laughs> representation. And it, yes. was, it made me it made it very easy to spot racists for the entire time the show was on. There was so many benefits to having black characters in the show, and it worked really well.
0: I agree. Okay, let's hear from Anthony Come From Away.
2: I'm back, Seesaw Parade. Hi, Anthony. And keeping up with the trend of late, here is a review for a musical, Come From Away. Hi! This show is set in Gander, Newfoundland, and takes place over five days, starting on September 11th, 2001. Ooh. Now, you listener might be reaching for your device and that fast-forward button, because... You don't want to listen to me ramble on about how you should watch a bleak sing-song musical where people die in a terror attack. Well, restrain yourself, please, because I need to make the case why you should watch this upbeat and heartwarming story of community and the goodness of people. Yeah, resulting from tragedy, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, just hear me out. So, yes, 9-11 and the events that day start off the show we see the relatively simple lives of a small-town community coming to a halt as people gathered around their radios and televisions to learn of the horrors of that day. But then the story quickly shifts to that same community bracing itself for receiving 7,000 passengers from 38 planes that had to be diverted away from American airspace and grounded until clearance was given. The story takes off from there, pun not intended, where the events of 9-11 move mostly to the back burner and the characters from Gander and From Away comedically adjust to each other's company Mm. over the course of the remaining four days. Mm -hmm. It really is so funny. Um, For example, there's one character from the inner city whose comedic and incredulous reactions are really well displayed uh, when he's dealing with his overly friendly hosts and by being asked to fetch as many grills as he could find from random people's backyards when he was sure it was just a ploy to get him shot by the neighbors. This show has so much energy. Um, The music is phenomenal. It's a small, I think it was like a seven-piece band. Um, The music, you know, some of it was Broadway ballads, but a lot of it was traditional folk music, huh. so is very lively. Um, it's a one-act production, uh, around 110 minutes, and the cast was just brilliant. Only 12 actors who played the numerous characters, either from Gander or from Away, and they incorporate various languages and customs to huh. demonstrate the real-life, language barriers, cultural barriers, and the overall confusion that that these people experienced. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah.
2: Now, what with last year marking 20 years since 9-11 here in New York, and Apple TV's release of a live recording of this uh, oh. production on its streaming platform, there was a lot of buzz about the musical. That's when I first heard about it, and um, I really thoroughly enjoyed it then. But Seeing it live, there was just so much more energy in the theater with a live audience and just feeling the music, nothing compares. Also, being a row or two from the spit splash zone was a little disconcerting, oh, okay. but <laughs> it was totally worth it. And hey, I didn't catch the COVID, so here, there's that. Now, with all those stateside <sighs> listeners in Ohio, uh, unfortunately, the show did not close on broad or. Sorry, the the show did close on Broadway at the start of the month, but uh, I believe it is still running on the West End through January of next year. While you can watch this on Apple TV, definitely try to see it live. You won't regret it. And clearly the UK needs another government shakeup, so... Colin and James, book your tickets and get back down to London and see this show. ASAP.
0: There we go. And also, can I just say, that is we now should go to London. both myself and Anthony who predicted fast-forwarding through our reviews. So it's it's clearly... There's trends here. Right? There's a trend, yeah. And I, I didn't even realize he was going to say that. So I uh, bet you people replay my reviews. <laughs> okay. Oh, Thank boy. you. That was just juice in my it ears. Was. I'm listening to that again. Thank you. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Thank you, Anthony. And we do love a musical review. We do love musicals generally. And dear listener, as I say, get in touch. Send us your review. We want to hear them.
1: No, I like the the dissonance. I like I like the, when things don't make sense around the subject material. It's great. So things are around really horrible and tough subject material, but. Being entertaining or, and, and helping you understand things through humour is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: James, time is gone. So I'm going to scrub the last two trailers we were going to talk about because I can't be bothered. It's long enough as it is.
1: Oh, easy. No, easy, easy. Quantum Mania. it looks like all the other Marvel yeah. films, but small, but also not small because it's just normal size because yeah. they're small. I, that's and it and Succession is a teaser for season 4 Succession it looks like more of Succession they used that one song that they've used all the time again again
0: that's I it I really like Succession I think it looks great but it's just a teaser we'll wait for the full they thing they do use that one song too many yeah. times though they've got to use okay. it less James thank you for your time this has been a, a very interesting episode lots to chat about and I trust you've enjoyed it too dear listener and we'll see you next week for episode 299 sexy the best number yeah hmm you made it that I made it weird way too weird I'm sorry way too weird
1: that's like me misunderstanding childbirth as a cool dragon scene (laughs) weird Right, bye bye listeners bye